some trials may come from day to day heartache and sorrows may come my way but nothing can stop me
made loom above because he is much greater than my pain. For it's you who made a way for me by suffering your destiny. So tell me what's a little rain? So I pray, bring me joy, bring me peace, bring the chance to be free. Bring me anything that brings you glory.
see that you are drawing a line in the sand. Wanna be standing on your side, holding your hand. So let your kingdom come. Let it live in me. This is my prayer. This is my plea. Let the worshipers arise. Let the sons and the daughters
up just where you are real quick. We've been working on this and I I want kids to stand up where you are and sing this with me. I'm so blessed, I'm so blessed, got this heartbeat in my chest. No, it doesn't matter about the rest, cause I got you, Lord, I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed, I'm so blessed, got this heartbeat in my chest. No, it doesn't matter about the rest, cause I got you, Lord, I'm so blessed. I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart 
and every mind cause I know there is peace within your presence I speak Jesus I just want to speak the name of Jesus till every dark addiction starts to Oh, glory. 
for this day I know that God has been dealing with me this week on something and I it was very simple and I sometimes you try to expound on stuff you try to bring out more to it but sometimes God says no I just want the message the way that I give it to you and I want to ask you a question today what are you looking for what are you looking for in your daily walk, in your daily life? Are you looking for Jesus? Are you looking for the city? That, how many ever, I remember uh, not too long ago, we had, about a couple years ago, we had a guy named Eddie Wilson came out here and he had went to Jerusalem. He had went to Israel on a missionary trip or on a trip where kind of like a vacation, him and his wife. I can remember what he told me. He said, the first time I ever, I'm on the bus, and he said, we came around that curve, and I saw Jerusalem for the first time. And he said, my heart just melted. He said, I began to think of all the things that had happened in Jerusalem, mostly all that happened to Jesus. 
But he got to go there for the first time in his life, and he never forgot. He said, I was so thrilled when I came around on that bus and could see Jerusalem from a distance. Did you know Abraham looked for a city whose builder and maker's God? What are you looking for today? Are we looking for a perfect America? Are we looking for a utopia here? Are we looking for this place, this uh, special place in this flesh? What is it that we're looking for? God is speaking to our hearts in this day and hour that we live, and he keeps warning us about repenting. He keeps warning us about getting prepared for our tomorrow. But our tomorrow is in Jesus, and I want to read about looking for a city and looking for a Savior. Because if that's not what's in your heart, you're missing something. And I'm not picking at you. I'm talking to what God spoke to me. You know, we can accomplish a lot of things, even in the ministry. You can try to say you've done a lot of things. You preached a lot of messages. You sang a lot of beautiful songs. Maybe you wrote some songs. Maybe you did a lot of things teaching, and you've learned the many things that God has showed you. But can I tell you, we're all temporarily here, and we're all going home. Some of us are closer to that door, but that don't mean that you're going to go to heaven ahead of me. I'm going to be caught up. If I'm in the grave, you're going to be caught. Uh, I, when I come up, you'll be caught up with me. And that's in uh, 1 Thessalonians 4, talking about the rapture of the church. I want you to turn to Luke, the 21st chapter. Twenty-first chapter, I want you to look at verse 34. Jesus said, And take heed to yourself, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and the cares of this life, and so that day may come upon you unawares. Now, Overcharged means, it basically means weighed down with. People are weighed down. They got way too much on their plate. Is that true? You know, I'm sorry. Some of you are in that age. And, you know, we, we get around the holidays and everybody's got, when you're young, because we were young one time, and we had five places to go for Christmas or five places to go for Thanksgiving. Sometimes you're so busy, so running, you get to the place where you're trying to eat as much as you can, but you know in an hour you've got to eat somewhere else, and you don't want to hurt nobody's feelings, so you just keep on eating. I know you young people go through this. But he says, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged or weighed down with surfeiting means to indulge in the, in, uh, of the appetite or the senses. When you're surfeiting, you're, you're going after the things in your flesh. Sometimes it's food. You indulge yourself in the food. Sometimes we indulge ourselves with the things that we like in the pleasures of, of this world, the fleshly things, even, even sensual, sexual things. 
You know, even, even Christians, be careful, Christians, because the Bible's telling us, Jesus is warning us, don't get weighed down with these things in this life. Sometimes we're so weighed down in our fleshly walk that we don't pay attention to what's spiritually happening in our life. And most of the time we end up on our knees saying, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I wasn't paying attention. I'm sorry, Lord, I wasn't preparing myself for the, the tomorrow that you had for me, for the things that you're trying to accomplish in my life. He goes on to say, in drunkenness, which is excess, and then he says, in cares of this life, and so that day may come upon you unaware. Unawares means by surprise. How many know some people's going to be surprised if Jesus comes back right away? He's coming, and everybody's talking about it, and everybody's warning that's talking about what the Bible says because this is the gospel, and the end time is coming upon us, whether it's 100 years or 5 years or, or 10 minutes. It's coming. And according to the look of things and according to the scripture, it's here. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to, to tell you. You know what? We need to be looking for a city. We need to be looking for home. Christian, look for home. Don't be worried about going home. It's going to be a whole lot better. Read in the Bible. I'd love to just sit and talk about everything the Bible says about what heaven's going to be. But that ain't what it's about necessarily. It, it's just the fact that we are to be ready. We're to prepare ourselves to go home. Prepare to meet your God. He says, For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. How many knows he's warning that we need to watch and to pray always that we are accounted worthy to escape. Take that personal now. Am I going to be accounted one of those worthy to escape the judgment that's coming, the wrath of God that's coming upon the earth? You know it's coming. Did you know that those that believe the rapture of the church that's going to be caught up, and I'm going to, I'm going to read a couple of things about that because I want you to understand that's what I, I see in the Scripture. I see that Christ is coming back for his church. Carl, it's that rapture. He's coming back, and he's going to take us out of here. And when the restraint of the church ain't here, look out, world. We may not be the strongest people in the world, but can I tell you something? Jesus Christ is with us. And when he comes and takes us out of here, there's no restraint to the evil that's going to come. And when it comes, Jesus is coming, and, the, and those, that tribulation, that judgment that's coming from above is going to come out upon this world. You think they're getting away with stuff. They're not getting away with nothing. You know what? The only ones that are going to get away is those prepared and watching and praying and looking for him. And I want you to hear that because we get it in our mind, just get saved, get your ticket, 
And it doesn't matter what you do, you're going to go in a rapture. And I'm going to tell you something, he's coming for those looking for him. And I'm going to stress that today because it's in the scriptures more than once. 1 Thessalonians 1.10 says, And to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Uh-oh. You mean he delivered us from the wrath to come? Yes, he did. He paid that price. And if you want to escape tribulation that's coming upon this earth, get in Christ. If you ain't in Christ, you are going to face that judgment. You're going to face it. You know what? I'm not telling you that somebody can't get saved during that time, but I'm going to tell you something. You'll probably give your head to stand for Christ at that time. You have a time now to prepare. You have a time to get ready. I don't care what your age is. I can't help it, but you know what? The way the time's coming, some of you are still going to be young when he comes. You ain't going to have 40 more years to figure it out. You have to get yourself heart right with God and keep yourself right with God. 1 Thessalonians 5, 9. First, let me read a little bit of 4, 8. 4, uh, I want to read 4, 14 of 1 Thessalonians. This is the talking about the rapture. Apostle Paul's right to the Thessalonians. He says, verse 14, he says, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Now, there's a key word in that, in that chapter, in that, in that verse I just read. It says, for if we believe. See, if you're sitting around here thinking I'll go if the rest of them goes, but I don't really know if that's going to happen or not. It might be a fairy story. Let me tell you something. You're going to have to make up your mind. I believe this gospel. I believe the words that Jesus had wrote down. Do you believe it? Because if you don't believe it, guess what? You're not going to receive it. And you won't be ready because you won't be looking. It will come as a surprise to you. Because why? Our mind is so hung up in the cares of this life, we're not looking for our Savior. That's why we quit warning people. That's why we quit witnessing. You think COVID shuts you up? That ain't what shuts you up. The enemy will shut you up anytime he can. And he's doing a good job of it, I'm going to tell you. The church had just backed away. They don't witness. There's no conviction. There's no work. There's no anything. No missionaries on their way from America going anywhere to witness for anybody. I'm sorry. I sound really hard. I'm not trying to be hard. I'm trying to tell you, look at what's happening, what the enemy's doing, rocking the church to sleep. I sound cruel, but I'm not trying to be cruel. I'm trying to let you know we need to be looking. We need to be watching and praying. On down in verse 16, he says, of 1 Thessalonians 4, he says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. 
it ought to be a comforting to know that he's going to call us out. And when he comes back, listen to me, when he comes back, those that have died ahead of you, listen to me, your loved ones that's died in Christ, those are going to be coming back with him. And when he calls, those bodies will come up and they will come up and rejoin and they'll have a new body. Listen to me, a glorified body. We got a day coming that the world don't see and our flesh don't want to realize it or see it, but we have to understand this is our hope of tomorrow. Do you have hope of tomorrow? You know what? You live long enough in America and watch the news long enough, I promise you, you ain't going to have no hope. But you need to keep your eyes where they belong because Jesus has given us hope for tomorrow. 1 Thessalonians 5, 9 says, For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation. By who? Our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus paid it all. What nothing we did. It's what Jesus came and paid our price. Revelation 3.10 says, he was talking to the Philadelphia church, Jesus was, and he said, because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation which shall come upon the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. He warns over and over that this tribulation time is coming. He warns and warns that the wrath of God is coming. Did you know what? Christian, listen to me. As much as I want to rescue everybody that I can, can I tell you something? I want judgment. I want truth. I want God to be the righteous judge. I know God. He's a merciful God. But can I tell you something? I'm so sick of the enemy destroying our little children. The innocent, they're taking over. They're, they're destroying our elders. They're deceiving our elders. And can I tell you something? It's evil. It's evil rising. Wickedness in high places and principalities and powers are rising up. And only in Christ can we come against. Only in Christ can we defeat that stronghold. I want you to turn to John, the 13th chapter. Something struck me about John. 13th chapter. I'm just going to talk to you a minute about it. I'm not going to read but two or three verses there. But I want you to hear it. Number one, Jesus is in the upper room with his disciples. They eat a meal. And all of a sudden, it gets quiet. And I heard somebody say it this week on radio. And I loved what he said. They said, Jesus did not make an announcement. Okay, disciples, now I'm going to teach you humility. I'm going to teach you humbleness. Jesus didn't rise up and say, that's what I'm going to do. No, he rose up, pulled off his outer garment, got the water and got down on his feet, and he began to wash their, wash their feet. Listen to me. It was a tender moment. Could you handle those apostles that had walked with him, they'd been everywhere when they watched him do all the things that he had done. 
They watched the miracles. They watched his love for people. They watched his compassion for people. And he gets up without saying a word. And he goes over and he gets down and he begins to wash their feet. And I know they were humble. They didn't know how to say, don't do that to me. But Peter, when he got to Peter, Peter couldn't keep his mouth shut. Peter couldn't go along with the plan. Peter was humbled so much he said, not me, you can't wash my feet. You can't wash my feet. Jesus said, if you don't let me wash your feet, you have no part in me. Now listen to me. Verse 33. He washed their feet. But verse 33 of the 13th chapter says, little children, listen to what, now this, this feet washing has just happened. But I want you to hear what he says. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You shall seek me. And as I said unto the Jews, whither I go, where I go, you cannot come. Wow. Bobby, they'd followed him everywhere. But now he looks at his disciples and says, where I'm going, you can't go with me. You know, most of the time they kept their mouth shut, but here's Peter again. Look down at verse 36. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, why, where goest thou? Jesus answered him, where I go, thou canst not follow me now, but thou shalt follow me afterwards. And Peter said unto him, Lord, why cannot I follow thee now? I lay down my life. Listen to me. He says, I'll lay down my life for your sake. Why can't I follow you, Jesus? I've always followed you. You're who we follow. I thought about this, Randy. They've been following him. He had done something to humble every one of them. He had showed his love for them. He had reached down and washed their feet. And there was a humbling going on. But here he's telling them, where I go, you can't go now. Peter said, I, but I'll die for you. See, I think Peter, he not only couldn't handle the foot washing, but he was in his mind and in his heart, he was saying, I'll die with you. You don't understand. I'll give up my life for you. But Jesus answered him, Wilt thou lay down thy life for my sake? Verily, verily, I say to thee, Peter, the cock, shall not crow till thou hast denied me three times. Boy, you're talking about hurting him. That hurt him, Bobby. That hurt Peter. I want you to see Peter with a broken heart. You think Jesus didn't know it broke his heart? You think Jesus didn't know he offended Peter by saying it? Peter's given everything up to follow him. He's followed him. He's run behind him. He's protected him. He's tried to do everything he could do. And Jesus says, you can't go with me where I'm going now. But I'll die for you. Before the cock crows, you're going to deny me three times. 
That's why, listen to this, that's why John 14 starts out like it does. Look at John 14. Look at John 14. He says, let not your heart be troubled. That's Jesus talking to those disciples, Bobby. Let not your heart be troubled. He knew Peter was troubled. He knew the rest of them was troubled. He's showing them, I got to go somewhere you can't go. I got to do something that's mine to do, not yours now. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Key word there, believe. You believe in God, disciples, you follow me because you say I'm from God. You called me the son of the living God, Peter did. But he's saying, if you believe in God, believe also in me. He said, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Let me tell you something. That promise is a promise made not only to those disciples, but that's your words too. That's to you also. See, I believe he wrote these letters. He wrote these words for you and I to grab a hold of I have a promise from Jesus that he'll come back and receive me unto himself. Oh, don't you believe that? I believe that. See, I believe there's a rapture coming, and I believe Jesus said, I'm coming back for you. So you know what? You may be at the end of your life. You may be halfway through your life. You may you don't have no idea what your tomorrow holds. But can I tell you something? You got a promise that came straight from the lips of Jesus. I'm going away to prepare a place for you, and I'll come back and I'll receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Praise God. What a promise. What words can get any greater? Jesus comforted their trouble by giving them a hope of tomorrow. Wasn't just a, a casual ministry that they'd die off and nothing would happen. No, they had been given eternal life in Christ. In Revelation 1 8, one verse I'm going to read. Jesus said this. I am, guess who he's talking to? He's talking to John again in Revelation. Same writer of John 14. He said, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending. Alpha and Omega is the Greek uh, letters. First letter and the last letter of the alphabet in the Greek is Alpha and Omega. What's Jesus saying? He's saying, I am the beginning. And I am the end. He says, he says, which is and which was and which is to come. Almighty. The Almighty. Now listen. You can talk about Jesus living 2,000 years ago. And you can talk about Jesus saving your soul today. But I want to tell you something. There's a which is to come Jesus too. How many knows he's coming? 
That's what I'm talking to you about today. He is coming. Are you looking for him? We need to be looking for him. We're the church. If we're not looking for him, how are we ever going to show somebody else to look for him? We need to understand God's word and hear this simple stuff. This is simple things, simple promises that Jesus has made. Hebrew 11, 9 and 10. By faith, this is Abraham, by faith he so journeyed in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. See, God gave Abraham promise a long time ago. Then it says, for he looked for a city which hath foundation, whose builder and maker is God. How many knows Abraham never saw that city? You know, do you know that's the truth? Abraham hasn't saw that city, but he looked for it and believed for it all of his life. Hey, I'll tell you right now, I ain't seen the new Jerusalem. I go, somebody asked me two or three times to go to Jerusalem, to go to Israel, to go on a trip over there and see. I'd love to see some of it. But it'd just have to be something where they'd almost have to make me go. You know, and I'd almost have to lose my mind and show up there. Then I could probably enjoy it, but I ain't wanting to fly that far. And, and I just, you know, with all the troubles over there, we got our troubles over here. But the real truth is, one of these days, New Jerusalem is our home. And Abraham, all the way back, knew that God was going to have a plan that he would bring about a city the New Jerusalem. You have no idea how great New Jerusalem is. American people have no idea. I don't care what mansion you live in. You ain't got no idea what the mansions are that, in, that God has made. And I ain't talking about buildings that look so fantastic. I'm talking about the heavenly home that we're going to live in. The one that says I'll never have to part anymore. I'll never have to leave a loved one anymore. I'll never have to die anymore. I'll never have to cry and weep over those things anymore. Because Jesus has gone away to prepare a place for you and I. It's a whole lot better place than we got here. If you ain't got no troubles, I'm going to tell you something. There's troubles all around you. And you may not have them this week, but next week might be your turn. We were talking yesterday about young people killing themselves or dying young. And I thought there's never been more grief than to go to a funeral of a young kid that's lost their life. Young child, whether it's drugs, whether it's no hope in this world. I don't know about you, but Jesus is a good answer to every problem there is. He's the answer, but a lot of times... People has no hope because nobody's handing them the hope, showing them the hope. Nobody's got hope inside. Nobody talks about eternity anymore. We're just taking a chance. We're taking a, a, a fate deal, you know. Well, whatever happens, happens. No, I'm looking for a city. I'm looking for my Savior to part the sky. I'm looking for the day when he said, when the heavenly Father says, go and get my children and get them out of there. Time is no more there. 
Judgment will come. <clears throat> Hebrew 13, 14. Think about this. They say Paul wrote Hebrews, but listen to this verse. For here have we no continuing city, but we seek one to come. Wow, Ken, it ain't here. We can keep looking around, but in this life, I don't care how rich you are, I don't care how whatever things you think that are important, technology, but can I tell you something? They can't give you that continuing city. I belong to a continuing city. Jesus has gone away to prepare. We got our citizenship up there. I don't know if you know it or not. We're just traveling through this life. We belong with him. Because he went away to prepare a place for you and I. I'm going to tell you something. This gospel is much bigger than we give it. It's much more attention ought to be given to it in our personal life. Because it has got the only hope that we have. Second Corinthians 1. 2 Corinthians 1. A 5 1, I mean. 2 Corinthians 5, chapter, or verse 1. Chapter 5, verse 1. It says, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. See, I ain't got no false belief that this old body is going to ever make it. It hurts all the time, especially when the weather changes. The weather changes all the time in Cincinnati. And you know, we just ache and moan, and I can tell you when the weather's changing. I got arthritis in my hands, and I can tell you when it's, when it's coming. But you know what? That's this old body. There's a new body we're going to have a glorified new body to live in that new land. This old house is going to be dissolved, but I've got a promise of a new body and a new time. I'm going to live forever. You say, I don't want to live forever. No, you don't want to live forever here, but I want to live forever with him because it's, it's going to be good. It's going to be home. You'll feel right at home there. Praise God. On down at verse 8, he says, We are confident, I say, and willing rather, to be absent from the body to be present with the Lord. And i got to ask you the question. Are you willing? Are you willing to be absent from your body and to be present with the Lord? Is that a hard question? Most of the time we read these at a funeral. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. As soon as they die, they're caught up to be with Jesus. In the twinkling of an eye, you're going to be in the presence of him. Our spirit will go to back to be with God and our flesh will go back to the ground. But can I tell you something? To be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord. I don't understand all of it. I don't see it all so clear. You know what? I don't know if I got some kind of a, a temporary body that I go move around up there in or if I'm just in Christ. 
My spirit's in Christ. And when he comes back, he'll appoint my body to come out of the grave and he will change it to a glorified body. Because see, I can't go to go and live where he is and to live in heaven in a glorified place without a glorified body. So it's simple stuff. We don't see it here because we live in this flesh. We live working and walking through this flesh. But we need to understand this is written to us. This is written to the church. It says in Hebrews 9, It is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto, here it is, unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. You mean I'm supposed to be looking for him? That's exactly what I'm talking about. If you ain't looking for him, you need to get a hold of yourself and fall down to him and cry out, Lord, I want to see you. I want to be close enough to you that when you say go, I'm ready to go. Not tomorrow at a better time. Not next week I'll go to church and I'll think about giving my heart to God if the service is good and the right preacher preaches. You know what? You've got opportunity today to come to Jesus and be ready to go home. Prepare yourself for eternity. It's already laid out. If you're waiting for heaven to change it, it ain't going to change. You need to change now. You can have eternal life inside of you now. It's for now. This salvation's for now. Today's the day of salvation. This completed when the body gets a new, when they get a new body, glorified body, then our salvation is consummated. It's completed. Praise God. You know the priest, he talked about that in Sunday school. The priest, Connie, went to, went in to the, uh, at once a year, Jesus went in. And when they would wait for that priest to go in and offer the sacrifice, guess what they would look for? They would look for the priest to come back out. How many knows what I'm saying? Jesus went in, but he came back out. He went in, paid our price. They crucified him. He died. He laid in the grave three days. He was dead, but they brought him. He was brought back to life because he defeated death for you and I. He came out of the grave. Resurrection proves it. How many knows resurrection proves it? Read the 15th chapter of 1 Corinthians. Read the first, just the first eight verses. You'll find out all kinds of people saw him after he resurrected. We are waiting for our high priest to come back. We are waiting. He went home. But one day he's going to go, he's going to call us by our name. The trumpet's going to sound, the shout's going to come. And we're going to be going home. Praise God. Victory's right around the corner. 
in Titus chapter 2. That's right after the first and second Timothy. Titus chapter 2, look at verse 11. It says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Well, if that is not you, it ought to convict you. I'm sorry. But if you're not living soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, that's the walk we're supposed to be walking. I'm not picking at nobody. I'm not digging at you. I'm not telling you how good I am and how bad you are or how bad you are and how bad I am. I ain't trying to put nobody under nobody's thumb. I'm trying to tell you that we need to be striving to live soberly, righteously, and godly in this world. That's who he's coming back for. He said, verse 13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. How many knows it's going to be a glorious appearing? Uh, you know, I keep hearing all this. Well, uh, what's going to happen? Uh, Carl said it yesterday. The, the planes ain't going to be able to, uh, the planes will be crashing because a Christian pilot was flying an airplane. You know, our Lord can take care of all those problems. You know what? Airplane, dying in an airplane right before the uh, judgment is probably a whole lot better than going through the judgment and the trials of it. But the real truth is, God knows exactly what he's doing. You don't have to worry about those things. <laughs> what do you say? Oh, come on. Well, I'm working on it. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. 2 Timothy 4, 7 says, I have fought a good fight. You've heard this many times. And I have finished my course and I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, listen to this, but unto all them also that love his appearing. It's a glorious appearing, but he says, I'm a, Paul's telling here, Timothy, he said, but unto them also that love his appearing. Are you in love with his appearing? Are you looking for his appearing? See, we need to figure out where our love goes. Our love goes to him that knows how to lead us to that day. He knows how to take us to the very day that we're going home. He's our Lord and our Savior. He's personal. Come on back up there. In Philippians 3, verse 20, for our conversation is in heaven. 
from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Jesus knows how to bring us home, and he knows when to bring us home. But our task in life, you know what? We have to stay faithful. We have to get in and stay in. Don't wander in and out. Somebody said it yesterday, or maybe they said it Thursday night. I can't remember. One of them said it. It said, the church of the falling away is not the falling away of people leaving the church. It's the people setting in the church that are falling back. They're still in church, but they've backed up on God. Don't fall away sitting there listening to what God said. Don't fall away when your Bible's collecting dust in your home. Don't fall away when you've got a place to pray. You've got your own little man cave. You've got your own little place to go pray, but you don't pray no more. Listen to me. We have to stay close to God. We have to find our way, get close to him. How much do you love him? How much do you look for that city? How much are you looking for his appearing to come? I told this before. I went to a, there was a thing said a few years ago about somebody had predicted Christ was coming on a certain day. I was working on the trains. I was down in the Cincinnati yard behind Union Terminal. I was sitting on the engine, and I had a little transistor radio. I would sometimes, when they would take a break, I would try to listen to the preacher down there I could pick up. Well, I had that little radio on. All of a sudden, it got real still and quiet. Somebody had predicted before this that Jesus was coming back that day. And I had that little radio. I was sitting there by myself, and I turned it on. And Bob, just as sure as I know my name, he said, the guy said, there's some strange cloud moving across the whole city. And when he said that, everything I was thinking about the rapture come to my mind. Everything, Jesus is coming back now. But me of little faith, I had to get out of the engine. I got to get outside because I don't know how I'm going to go through this metal roof. <laughs> Isn't that terrible? And it was just a dark cloud went over. It wasn't Jesus. But can I tell you something? Be looking for him. Fall in love with him. He's made all provision to take us home. How much did he love us? How much did he love those disciples? How much has he done in your life to bring you to the place where he has shown you his love for you? He loves us. He loves your lost loved ones more than you love them. He cares about our lost children, our lost grandchildren. 
My dad used to say, I don't care about dying. I just don't want to be sick. Pop didn't get his way. He got sick. He suffered for a couple of years beyond what we thought was reasonable. But I know this. He made it home. Even when he couldn't speak, Ruby, he would sit right there. He would sit right there when he couldn't even speak. And I know what he was doing. He was making sure I did the right thing. But I also know that every time altar call time was, he would turn around and begin to look. He was looking for somebody that wasn't ready. God's calling us home. God's called us to his side. Be faithful to the end. Get a hold of him like you never got a hold of him. You know what? When they rejoice, get up and rejoice with them. I don't care if you look silly. You know, we all look silly. Who cares? We, you, you ever watch these people at the ball game? They can act real stupid. But they have to get a little drunk. Well, get a hold of the Spirit of God, and He'll show you how to worship. And it'll be all personal, be just you. You won't have to follow somebody else. Just follow what He's doing. Follow the joy and the power that's inside of you. It says, I don't know why He loved me, but He did. I don't know why He forgave me, but He did. I don't know why He paid for my sins, but He did. Jesus is here today. If you don't know him, don't put it off no more. What are you looking for in this world? You ain't, you ain't never going to be pleased. You can find some, you can find the perfect car. You can find the perfect house, but you'll find something wrong with it. You'll get bored with it real quick. I'm going home. I'll never be bored again. I don't know how he's going to do it, but I ain't never going to be whining and complaining about how cold it is in the house, how hot it is in the house. You know what? We're going to live in a perfect place with a perfect Savior. Praise God. Everybody stand, if you will. opportunity is here they knew in the scriptures for years the Jewish people knew their Messiah was coming but when he came they didn't believe it they didn't receive it they didn't accept it now we know he's coming again the same Savior you heard about all your life he's coming again are you looking for him? Do you believe what he says is going to happen? He's not coming as a little baby in the manger. No, he's coming. He's coming in the clouds to receive his own. And will forever be with the Lord. Comfort yourself with them words. Them are comforting words. They're the promises of our Savior. 
need to pray while they sing something. If you're not ready, get ready. Don't put it off. You're not going in on mom and dad's skirts. You're not going in and holding nobody's hand but his. You have to bring yourself to Jesus. Lord, I know I need to be saved. Lord, I know I'm lost and I have no hope without you. If I'm talking to you, I'm not trying to dig at you. I'm trying to open this door to come to Jesus. You come while they sing.
life, you're going to know that you had this opportunity. I don't, I'm not pushing you to do something that ain't every one of us has to come the same way. For you to become a child of God, you have to come and surrender yourself not what our words, it's his words. Confess him with your mouth and believe in your heart. I'm not trying to condemn nobody. I'm trying to tell you that God's speaking to somebody's heart. It's okay. Don't run away from it. Run to it. He may come tomorrow. He may come before you get grown. But the door is open today. And whoever I'm talking to knows who exactly what I'm saying. I stood in the church as a young person. I know exactly where you're at. And I know that I didn't want to step out and go forward. I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know a lot of things. All I knew is I was guilty. And I needed salvation. But that was the door that takes you to a life with Christ. You'll grow and learn. And you'll wonder why you waited. world. It's not going to get better. Jesus is the way, truth, and life. He's the one that gives you the answer today.